so beautiful. They say perfection doesn't exist. But that's not quite true. Can't you see? There is one planet where every element has fallen into place perfectly. Planet Earth. From volcanoes to weather systems, ocean currents to the heat of the sun, these forces allowed life on Earth to flourish. card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple card with Apple pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And welcome to TV Concierge, a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network that helps you navigate the vast streaming landscape. And we'll be discussing landscapes today, or the lack thereof, because uh, we're discussing Perfect Planet, which should maybe be called uh, an imperfect planet, a show on Discovery Plus about the infinite wonders of the Earth and the ways that humans are ruining it. I'm your host for today's episode, Craig Horlbeck. I'm here with Danny Heifetz. We are co-hosts on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with Danny Kelly. Heifetz. Tell us a little bit about A Perfect Planet. This is my new religion. (laughs) I think that this is, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I'm serious. I think that this is the best use of TV as a medium. (laughs) I mean, this is in the the family of like Planet Earth, Planet Earth 2. It's the same crew. It's BBC. It's David Attenborough. They make Perfect Planet. This one is five episodes. It's called A Perfect Planet. It's on Discovery Plus, which, I mean, who knew that was a thing, right? But hey, Mm -hmm. they got me there. It's five episodes, so it's volcanoes, the sun, weather, tides, and humanity. Those are like the five forces shaping wildlife right now. And it's just, you know, if you've ever seen Planet Earth 1 or Planet Earth 2, it's like that, but just great again. It took them four years to film the freaking thing. They went to 31 countries. They captured six different volcanic eruptions. I don't know what else you could possibly want in a show. They're showing you, you know, marine iguanas and all these stuff you've never heard of. And also Discovery Plus, it's like you get the first seven days free. It's like $6.99 a month. You can cancel it before you pay for the first month. It's five episodes. This is my favorite type of television. And I couldn't, I honestly could not recommend it higher. Yeah. So I, I signed up for the six ninety nine a month. Heifetz basically was like, yo, you got to watch Perfect Planet. I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I, de- I already forgot about the six ninety nine. I'll probably pay Discovery $5,000 by the time I die. Yeah. Because I will never cancel it. <laughs> I'm not but, actually going to remember to cancel. 
No, me neither. It's incredibly worth it. How did you, like, what was your biggest takeaway? Because it's kind of, an, it's such an overwhelming show. Like your point is so right about the, it's the best use of the television medium because this show just smacks you in the face with the, like, with things you can't even imagine. I the, I don't know. What, what was your main takeaway after watching well, this? I, it's I'm hard speechless. not to talk about it like I lived in LA for too long because you, you you start talking about it and then eventually you get into the mystical oneness of all things. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, like life itself. But I think my biggest takeaway from it, I mean, first of all, obviously it's visually, it's beautiful. You're seeing monkeys staring at their own reflection. You're seeing fire ants in a colony floating through the flooded forest of the Amazon. Like the actual imagery is insane. It's, they have way too many volcano shots, like live magma flowing. Maybe I'm just basic, but you know what? Disagree. The fact that liquid rock is a thing, just flowing, I could watch that for 10 hours. You it's, said there's way too many? No, not enough. No, not More volcano many. shots. A lot. It's great. Not overwhelming. I'm whelmed. I was very whelmed with the magma, but that that's just like the surface level. It's not just because it's pretty. I think that when I watch this show, what I think of, and really just the lineage of Planet Earth 1, Planet Earth 2, these kinds of, it took five years to film and we have all these things. Yeah, it gets me thinking about the circle of life, and in oh, specifically, wow. it's like obviously you know humans live, die, born, repeat. But this show shows all the other shapes. Humans, we think of it as a circle, but in reality, all these other species have such radically different life cycles and things that we take to be like capital T truths about life and death and rebirth. And our experience is just one woven fabric of this larger quilt in that all these other animals have completely different lives and like completely different relationships with their mothers, their fathers, their ancestors. They never meet their parents, things like that. You're just born on the Serengeti and you're a wildebeest. And by the way, there's a lion coming for you right, right now. Fucking run, run. It's insane. And I think that it, what never gets old to me is seeing how each of these species actually really do different lives, live different lives. Well, and they're having to live uh, more and more different lives every year because of human beings, which is the fifth episode. I mean, the, the real scope of the show is basically, the first four are, this is each aspect of what makes the world go round, what makes every animal live. And, and how, how beautiful they it is. How beautiful it is and how they depend on the sun, volcanoes, the oceans, and the weather to live and how it affects their lives. And then the fifth episode is just like, just <laughs> dumps on the it entire up. thing. And it's it, like, well, it, and humans came in and industrialized yeah. the whole world and now the animals are dying. In this the is why we can't have nice things. No, it's a funny approach because these nature docs were so nice and peaceful and then Al Gore had to go and fuck everything up. And then now we have to talk about the whole climate death thing. And so now it's like, how do you do this? Because like Planet it, Earth 2- You can't it was, not say it now. It's quite literally the elephant in the room. <laughs> exactly. And the elephants are dying, by the way. It's, yeah. That sucks. But Planet Earth 2- it was kind of like it would be 55 minutes of beauty and then five minutes of, but it's all dying and sad. And then Netflix did the Our Planet and they paid a bajillion dollars to get Attenborough to narrate it, but it wasn't the same. And then that was just like, you know what? Screw it. Every one of these little stories, every eight minutes will end all sad. And then this one was like four episodes of happiness. Fifth is just all sad. I kind of like that balance of it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it hits it hits home a bit harder, which I think is the is the damn point. And it should be the point. I don't think I should leave this documentary being like, the world is beautiful anyway. I'm going to go drive my car. <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't think like that. I definitely left the show with some guilt, shame as a human being, not only just for like what we're doing to the world, but also me personally not contributing to trying to save the world. Like, do you I really feel, know how to recycle? What do you mean? 
Like, do you really know how to recycle? I feel like I don't even totally understand how to properly recycle. It's like I get my little jelly jar and then I'm out of jelly and I wash it out. And like, you know, when can I recycle it? Like, I don't even know this. Paper straws. I get annoyed at them. Is that in the top 1,000 things we're going to have to do to fix the planet? No, it still annoys me. I'm, I want back the plastic straws. And I watch this and I'm like, wow, like we're actually going to have to change the way we live our lives. And I'm just, every time I put cardboard near the trash can, I'm like, wow, I wonder where that's actually going now. Yeah. And when you see all these people, there's like kids all over the world helping plant trees in Africa to make this green wall to try and save the desert and people in the Amazon trying to bring back the trees. And it's like, man, I'm on Twitch watching people play Minecraft. <laughs> We're doing <laughs> fantasy plants some fucking trees. <laughs> We're doing fantasy football rankings. Uh, Speaking of which you want to just like recklessly rank some animals. <laughs> sure. But we got to do awards first. Well, you're right. Except- awards. What are we going to do? Buy low, sell high, MVP? <laughs> well, what, do you want? People. what are we supposed to do? Branch out too much? No, it's not. We, no. If I learned one thing about the show, it's about staying in your niche. Right. Who's your, uh, so if, if you were going to do a, a buy low, who's a buy low? Explain what a buy low is. Buy low is, it, I mean, it's, you know, buy something that's cheap. I feel like people get it. All right. You don't want to buy right. high. Uh, I, dude, I got to go with those wildebeests on the Serengeti. Can I say so, something? I'm going to, this is, this is embarrassing. Yeah. This is a safe space, even though it's a podcast, but it's a safe space. People are going to listen. I'm not 100% confident that wildebeest are still around. (laughs) You thought they were like saber-toothed tigers? Like we do trivia on our fantasy show. If somebody was like, Craig, are wildebeest still alive? (laughs) I would have thought about it. (laughs) Sure. I mean, it's uh, barely. That was my takeaway. One out of 10 of them makes it to adulthood. Yeah, I don't know if I like associate them with woolly mammoths or something, but when I just hear the word wildebeest, I, I was like, <laughs> damn, I don't know if I knew those were around still. Why are they a buy low for you? Oh, I just, I just, I mean, I'm just the perseverance. I think anyone who has to get born and just like start running from predators within like 90 seconds really impresses me. I also like respect the show because they showed a lot of birth, which yeah. usually doesn't make it to TV. But honestly, you know what? You know, we're dudes. Like, you know, we probably should not you know really complain about that. Like, I thought it was actually wild, like to see, I don't know, wildebeest fall out, stand up, wobble, and then just run. That was crazy. Yeah, we watched sharks give birth too in the Oceans episode. They really just, immediately, they're just out. They're ready to go. Like but they then shake. they just, but they, they pop them out and then they're like, all right, peace. Like, I'll see you later. Like someone just leaving like a, like a, like a party and you're just like never going to see that person It'd be again. like and if the like, second yeah. you had a baby, you're like, hey, you got to go get lunch for yourself. Like, what are you going to do for lunch today? And the kids yeah, like, like, so, like, like you start walking away from someone, you say goodbye and then you walk in the same direction. You're like, oh, I, I'm going... Uh, and so you don't have to say like that's yeah, the sharks like, giving birth. Like I know I got my dinner planned. I don't. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah, sure yeah. what you're doing. My buy low <laughs> is uh, I'm gonna just give it to all birds. There, there's a lot of birds in the episode. <laughs> my buy low is on birds because everyone hates birds. What? Did, Who the fuck hates birds? What are you talking about? Birds. Bird Who singing is birds? like famously a great thing. No, that's another take of my. I think birds singing in the morning. People at the end of the day, I'd rather not have it. It's annoying. What? It's cute. It sounds birds. sounds pleasant for like 30 seconds. Then you're like, okay, I'd Do rather you get those sleep. Instagram ads that are like birds aren't real. And I don't know if it's a merch company making memes or a meme company selling merch, but they're like birds aren't birds are like a government surveillance thing. And I'm like, yeah, why like is Jeff this? Bezos made birds. Yeah. It's like, why does Instagram think I want to buy these shirts? Um, maybe it's because I did a Westworld pod. Okay. So, he, but here's why I was baffled by birds. I think it's just like the physical feats that birds can accomplish are so impressive and underrated. There were birds that had to fly literally thousands of miles without a break to get to a habitat that they can live in. Every year they do it. 10,000 mile trips Dude, these I, birds make. 
I hated that because at first they were like really fat and they, they were joking that they couldn't get off the ground. I'm like, oh, fat birds. And then they flew for like 10,000 miles. And I'm like, oh shit, that, that's so unbelievable. I wish they, I had like, could go beer gut directly to the, the marathon because that's what they did. They fly for weeks and weeks on end without stopping. I don't know. With man. no land. I, just, to, <laughs> just to get to the eight, just to get to like a good vacation spot. It's unreal. I'm just, I'm just shouting out birds. They don't get enough love. Every time people see birds, they want to shoo them away. Birds are quite impressive. I think that, so that's your buy low. It's my buy low birds. All right. Sell high, which obviously just out someone you're out on. I'm out on wolves. Really? I watched five episodes and I was like, you know what? Wolves did not impress me. They couldn't catch the muskox. And it's like, come on, like it's game time. Then they gave up on the muskox and then they couldn't catch the rabbits. There's like a thousand rabbits. And I'm like, wow, there's so many rabbits. I didn't know that. And there was like, oh, right. They have sex like rabbits. And then they couldn't catch the rabbits. And then they couldn't catch the sea otters. And I'm like, I see why we turned you into dogs. <laughs> Not That's your take? Yeah. What about, wolves are cute though, right? Don't you think? Yeah. And they, but I don't know. They just, I, I just was surprised that they were pretty unsuccessful hunters. Like I get that, you know, most hunts don't go well, but I just thought they'd be better at it. My, the other buy low, the other sell high I had was just the crabs that wandered like what in crab world must be like a hundred thousand miles to get mm-hmm. to the ocean to lay their eggs. And then some of them missed the ocean. Imagine like your only purpose in life is to like throw eggs into this giant crab orgy of eggs and sperm. And then you get like all the way there and then you miss the ocean with your reproductive eggs. That is the toughest beat I can ever imagine. My sell high <laughs> is, um, this doesn't really make any sense, but it, it is, for some reason this hit me hardest. I think it's definitely in the tides episode. I'm selling high on fishing. Just in general, I want to. I, oh, we need yeah. to, as a culture, fish less. I felt so bad for them catching these. So they have these massive nets, and some of these people do it illegally without permits, and they catch these large groups of fish, and these sharks get caught in it, and they get injured, and they don't. It's it's just so horrible. I want to get rid of fishing. I obviously know it's important, and it feeds millions and millions of people every year. But it, was that not one of the more depressing parts of this of the it, show? It isn't. I don't know why, but so fishing on one hand, you feel worse. You don't feel as bad for fish as like other animals, right? Like even some people give up meat, but not give up fish. Cause you're like, that's oh, a fish, whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, if you actually were to one for one moment, consider, all right, animals have equal consciousness. Fishing is like a horrifying thing. Cause at least yeah. animals understand like hunting and like the game is the game. Fishing is basically alien abductions. Imagine just being pulled up to the surface and then you're just fucking in the air right now. I can't imagine a more scary feeling than like a fish being plucked by a bird and you're just flying. Not just like I'm going to die, but I'm being pulled away into into a a world that I didn't know was there. Yeah. It's like literally (laughs) the underworld, but it's the overworld and you're flying away and watching your reality fracture. Horrifying. So I guess I'm selling high (laughs) on fishing. I'm buying low on, on birds. I'm going full sky. I'm getting rid of the. I'm You're selling high on sky on ocean. I'm selling. I'm buying low on sky. <laughs> all right, breakout star. Yeah, Who I gotta go really... with the sun. Literal star, source of all life on Earth. I just came away really impressed with the sun, and I know you, you, I, you had no idea that the sun provided so much for the world. They had great shots of the sun. I think that was CGI though, because I was like, that's just a little too cool shot. Of the I don't sun. think there's any CGI. They, they you can't film the sun, can you? I just assumed. You got some crazy telephoto. You're the film major. Can you film the sun or not? Yes, I think. I mean, all I mean, all their aerial shots, are aerial space shots of the Earth are coming from satellites. So I imagine 
those things can turn and point towards the sun. And they have these, you know, insane telephoto lenses that can zoom incredibly uh, close. Otherwise, I don't know how we're watching like a turtle or, we're, I mean, we're watching ants in the desert like run for their lives. We have to have unbelievable magnification skills. Oh yeah, uh, right. I think filming the shot. ants the same as filming the sun. I forgot. There's no way they're just adding little mini explosions on the sun for us. And no, zooming. I think they did. That sounds... Uh, anyway, I'm impressed with the sun. What, who's your breakout star? My breakout star is plankton. Oh, it's a good choice. Unbelievable. So these microscopic plankton fill the oceans and they give off more oxygen than all the forests combined in the world. Did yeah. you have any idea that planktons were so essential to, to the atmosphere? Yeah, they're super underrated. They're the Incredibly underrated. Earth. SpongeBob completely denigrated the plankton. I don't yeah, know why plankton they chose plankton. Should, it should have been called plankton. And then SpongeBob's no. this annoying character. Like there's like there's also one plankton in Bikini Bottom, and it's like clearly there are trillions. Yeah, I don't know why we made him the bad guy because man, plankton's good do a guy. Lot. Good, good guy. Good dude. <laughs> good guy. Okay. Do you want to before we go? Uh, you want to do a quick? I mean, we we host a fantasy show, so I feel like we wouldn't be doing ourselves justice if we didn't have a draft. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna draft three animals each, any type of species from the show that we saw. We're power ranking. We're, we're just drafting them based on, you know, what they bring to the planet, how we feel about them. You want first pick? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm dubious you even offered it to me. I, first pick for me is the fig wasp. Legit the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't not do it justice to people, but I mean, it crawls into a fig, which has a 24-hour window, mm -hmm. where and the hole is so small that it rips the wings off this wasp, this pregnant wasp, gets in there, lays the eggs, dies, Millions of eggs. The male eggs wake up, penis, twice as long as their body, impregnates their unborn sisters. Unborn sisters wake up, born, males die, and then the females go and do it all again. They live for a day and a half. I thought that was the most stunning thing I've ever seen on television. Great pick. <laughs> We're not on my list. Awesome pick. There's a lot of animals to choose from. My first pick I have is a rule in, in fantasy that when someone's penis is twice the length of their body, it's an auto, auto number one overall. <laughs> That's a fair criteria. My first pick is the frozen frogs. Oh my uh, God. Who live in a cryogenic slumber for half the year. And then when the Northern hemisphere begins to melt, they literally, they, they, they freeze for half the year. Their heartbeat stops and they come back to life. And it's, it really, I think what the show, what you're going to take away from the show when you watch it and high fits, let me know if you agree. I'm, I'm unimpressed with humans physically. After watching the show. <laughs> I think you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's iguanas that can hold their breath for 30 minutes. These frogs can freeze for half a year and then just come back to life. Birds fly for a month straight. Yeah, all these things have what claws do we and do? teeth. We're just flesh sacks <laughs> of meat just waiting to be eaten. And it's just like, oh. Why can't we figure out, can we like check the DNA in those frozen frogs? Figure out something? Can't uh, we learn? About Jura Jurassic Park told me not to do that. That's true. Well, and that's another thing. So continue. What's your next draft? Uh, you want to go back to back here? I guess it doesn't matter, does it? No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I want the storks. I was told my whole life that storks bring you babies. Apparently storks kill babies. That was yeah. absolutely crazy to see. That was an ominous scene. Really dark. But you know what? I, I kind of want them on my side. I don't want to go against the storks. The storks are freaking scary, dude. Uh, my next pick is the ocean iguanas who can hold their breath for 30 minutes. Those things, yeah. that... I mean, that felt like we went back, to, you know, 
300 million years when that looked like a damn dinosaur. Well, those were the adult the versions of the iguanas from planet earth two that like wake up and then have to escape all the snakes. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I saw that. You didn't see that. That's the best scene. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Whole, Wait, is that where yeah. the guy's narrating it? Yeah. And then Marshall Lynch also narrated it once. Right. Right. Hilarious. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, those are great. Yeah, these iguanas, man. They're swimming through the ocean. They got they're holding their breath for 30 minutes and they gotta come back on this massive rock, climb up it. <laughs> it, does, it gets easier when they're older, but not by much. Absolute Swiss army knife, those iguanas. All right, who's your last who's your last pick here? Vampire finches. Oh, I had vampire finches. Those <laughs> things are crazy. So they're one of the world's newest species, and they've appeared on the Galapagos Islands, and um they literally feast on blood. Dude, that, that was bizarre because I was just waiting for the reason that this like larger bird, which is the only other life source on the island, lets them eat their blood. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, we don't know why. The bird just does it and it's dumb. Well, and they're like, oh, the birds may be confused because they used to, the, the finches used to like pick the bugs off of them and they may think they're just doing that even though they're like digging into their flesh. Unreal. That was stunning. You know what it is? That's, I want blood finches on my team because they want it. Like they're gamers. Also, shouts. I just love that we named them vampire finches. Like, we didn't really beat around the bush with that. We're like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to call them vampire <laughs> finches. It's, good. it's a good, you need a good name. You need you a good name. A, for everything, you got to have a good name. All right. Last question for you. You think we're going to figure out this whole climate change thing? I mean, I think we got it under control. You know what? David Attenborough went back and forth in that final episode. He, he, he did. He kind of hit you. And then he brings you back. And then he hits you. And then he's like, oh, but people are, oh, you know, the, the rainforest, there was some crazy thing about, the Amazon forest is reducing by two football fields every minute. Two soccer. Two soccer fields, because they call it pitches. Oh, yeah. So but yes, bigger. two soccer fields a day. No, sorry. Two soccer min every fields minute. every minute of trees. But then, So then that hits you, and you like want to slip into a depression. But then they're like, oh, but these people are planting 60,000 trees a, a yeah. month or something. And you're like, okay. So I don't feel great about it. You know, I'm obviously taking... You know, we're the underdogs, I would say, to come back and save this planet. For sure, underdogs. Yeah, thanks, boomers. We really appreciate that one. But I do I do think that the la the past few nature series in this like kind of lineage were a little too depressing because you have to explain the scope of the problem. But I think the thing we've learned the last 10 years is when you explain the scope, we all get depressed and feel there's absolutely nothing we can do and our lives are meaningless. Yeah, I did us. like the rays of hope of like, actually, you can help. And I think that it was important to be like, oh, no, you know what? Maybe maybe we can fix this thing. Take ourselves out of the hole. Totally agree. Hi, Vids, you and I. We'll be, let's start planting some trees. I'd be honored. All right, that'll do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find me and Danny Heifetz as well as Danny Kelly on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. It comes out every Wednesday in the offseason. Check us out, and you can find more TV concierges later this week. Mm -hmm.